Hello everyone and welcome to episode 29 of UK League Chat. Uh, we're joined by Ents' performance coach, ATL. ATL, how's it going? Pretty good, thank you. Good stuff. Nice to be here. Good to have you here as well. So, um, as you can imagine then, it's, it's going to be an episode focused around Ents. Uh, we've kind of tried to, well, we're in the process of trying to kind of get like an episode per team. Um, so, you know, I'm glad to get, to get one of you guys on board. Um, but before we really talk about Ents specifically uh, and you know, how things are going in this split. Uh, I did want to ask you some stuff about your time in the UK scene previously, because this is, you know, given the name, obviously we're kind of UK focused um, podcast and, and you are someone that's actually coached in the UK before, uh, you know, before the, the whole merger and everything like that. Um, so that was on two teams as far as I'm aware with, with Phelan and with um, Enclave. So I was just wondering how you kind of got involved um, with those teams. Was it just kind of something that was available at the time that seemed like a you know a decent step or was there ever a specific thought to go into those regions because obviously you'd coach for example in sort of Nordic leagues and the Finnish league um, which is kind of I imagine more you know close to home um, so was there ever a thought of trying to stay around Nordic leagues and, and push for for success there or was it just kind of like a, you know a timing thing or yeah just just like that basically yeah yeah um Actually, it's a little bit interesting in the sense that um, I got my start uh, for regional leagues from Italy. Mm -hmm. So that was the first regional league where I coached the uh, Beachy Nationals. And at the time we had a um, person who was coaching the academy there was Connor, who obviously, you know, uh, has been done a lot in the UK scene as well. And way that I got into the VLAN was actually through kind of uh, Connor getting the head coaching job and then, you know, being in contact with him at the time, he mentioned that, you know, uh, they would have potentially some need there. And since it's been so great working with him before, uh, I decided to then, you know, go and, and work with Phelan um, the next split. So I think that's that's uh, the situation how, how I ended up with Phelan. Mm -hmm. um, as far as Enclave goes, um, the situation at the time I remember was that um, I was, I knew uh, Matko or Finor, uh, who was uh, kind of, you know, coached in the Nordics as well. Uh, we actually were against in the previous Nordic finals before the Enclave split. And what happened is that uh, Matko was supposed to be, as far as I know, the, you know, plant coach for Enclave for, for the split. And, you know, then we had some discussions that I might uh, be assistant coach with him. Um, so, you know, I was kind of a little bit involved with helping Enclave running the, you know, tryouts for the split and, and that kind of stuff. Not fully, but, you know, uh, somewhat involved there. Uh, however, what happened then was that essentially what I got from some point was I got reached out by... Uh, enclave um, that Matko didn't show up to the uh, the media day, mm -hmm. and actually, as far as I know, he has been gone from internet since. You know, like yeah. I I don't know what happened there. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming maybe some kind of medical emergency or or something. Um, but essentially, haven't heard from that since. But it was kind of this very very how to say unusual situation mm -hmm. that i was then asked to like you know can you take up this team and uh mm -hmm. you know let's let's try to do something and obviously at that point it, it was uh since i was available i figured that 
uh, that was something that it's a really difficult situation for the organization yeah. uh, as far as the players and me. But it's like, you know, at that point, let's try to do our best. Mm-hmm. Do you think that had it's a... one of those situations? Oh, go on, yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say, do you think that had an effect then on, on the results in that split, I imagine? Because that was obviously, you know, a real a real struggle through most of the split. Um, and I was going to kind of ask what, you know, what you thought were, were the issues. Was it something maybe the not trying to be harsh, maybe the players weren't good enough and they kind of didn't have the ceiling to reach because it did look like Enclave throughout the split did get better and better actually um, but it could never quite take down you know some of the other teams um, so do you think it was something with, with the players or, or could you think you know that, that whole shake up and everything and just sort of threw everything out um, out of order what do you think were the kind of issues there? Yeah, I think I think it was combination of things. Obviously, I don't want to make excuses, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as as this can't be easily seen as that. But uh, you know, in in all honesty, like from what I know, like also the roster building was uh, very rushed uh, in the sense because of this. Um, and what we ended up was that uh, you know this situation where we had a couple of I, I think all of the players in the team like they definitely had a possibility to perform at that level. And we've seen, obviously, a lot of them, you know, in either regional leagues or UKLC now. Um, but essentially, at the time, uh, we had a couple of guys who were doing their rookie splits. Um, so, obviously, very in difficult situation in that sense. Um, and at the same time, I believe we had, like, maybe one or two scrims where full team plus me was in before the season started. So, you know, going with like one scrim to the season, um, I think that's what, why it showed, like the progression mm-hmm. showed as it did, that we get better through the season. But we started, I would say, a lot behind from a lot of teams. So that even if we we're getting better, we're still losing all the games mm-hmm. at the beginning. And and that made it difficult then, obviously, for the players in terms of the motivation and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, I got to give props to a lot of players in that team uh, who, you know, like handled it like a boss, uh, essentially, like, I think Angel did really good work in terms of, like, kind of being the captain in the team um, to a certain degree. And then also, like, I think Derking would be another big player that I would, you know, uh, want to mention who who really, like, uh, despite a lot of things happening, you know, even rosters changing a little bit during the season, uh, never complained, did everything that he could and, and was always stellar, so... Uh, I think there was a lot of uh, good effort there, mm-hmm. and it's it's just uh, unfortunate that the uh, uh, results were what they were. Yeah, so like you say, like I said, I think there especially was. Like, I remember going up until when you guys did eventually get the first win in like, the last game, but there was games up until that where it really looked like they were in a position to win and and get one on the board. And you kind of felt like once there was one win, it would kind of just calm it a bit and maybe pick up a few more. So yeah, it was a shame that um, it was that late on. But what was um, what was like the atmosphere like after that final win? Because it was against Barrage as well, who were like, well, who were a playoff team. Obviously, they'd had like a dip in form by that point. But was there an expectation from you guys that you that you'd have a chance to win that match, get, get seen as the last one, or was there maybe even a bit of extra motivation because it was the last chance? Um, how do you think that win came about? Yeah, I, I think that uh, from what I recall, uh, obviously it's not completely fresh in my head anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I try to block some of those memories <laughs> out, but uh, you know, like from what I recall, like we uh, we went into at least um, you know 
three, four, five, you know, last matches, expecting to be able to win. Um, because at that point we started to actually see some, you know, like, like you said, like a lot of the games were really tight, and and we felt like we had a chance to win in multiple uh, games at the, towards the end. Um, and and I think the Barrage game after that was it was mostly relief from what I can remember, like. You know that we actually did got one off, uh, and and you know it it felt deserved at that point. I think for the mm. players. And I think especially like for me when I was watching, it, it looked like it's a, there was like a clear turn in form as well when Wyzik joined, um, and things looked to improve quite a lot from there. Um, we'd kind of been told by some people though that like they weren't sure how well he would fit. Potentially, he was like quite a, a easily tiltable player, and maybe that wouldn't be too good in a team that was losing, and maybe he. You know, it, it wouldn't actually be helpful. It could be the opposite. Um, how did you find it with with Wyzik joining? Did you notice anything that where, you know, maybe he did tell, or or was it more just the fact of you know his play was was just helpful anyway? I I think that uh, you know one one of the big issues due to the like kind of rust roster building was that uh, since we didn't actually we didn't end up having anyone who was uh, completely used to doing, uh, you know, macro calling or shot calling. Um, so that was one of the huge issues as well that, you know, while we had a lot of great players, I think a lot of those players might have been better if they were, like, if we could just, you know, have uh, one of the players who were experienced in, in kind of the macro and shot calling and could give the game plans. Uh, um, so I think that was a struggle throughout the split. And, you know, when we had Wysak joining in, I think that was the point where we were able to essentially have a player who was experienced doing that uh, and and to whom it come naturally. So I think that was uh, definitely a big thing. Obviously, I, I think that Wysak, uh, you know, I, I think he handled, uh, and I, I heard the situation as well about, the, you know, maybe he's not going to be the best in the losing team, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I think he handled it uh, relatively well, uh, um, and, and you know, he, he definitely helped us out a lot during the split. Mm -hmm. I think as well, what's uh, really interesting about it, especially having someone like Wysakin, is because sometimes it's good to kind of have like an outspoken personality into a squad, because if you've got kind of like five, six players who are kind of, in a way, not, not not too nice, but in terms of like they're not willing to kind of voice their opinion and kind of make those decisions, it's it's good to kind of have that one person like Weiser. And I think that that's what I realized is when Enclave was starting to play with Weiser, there was there was a lot more authority. Like they, they seemed like it was a lot more like certain of plays of what was happening. It wasn't kind of like 50-50s. It was kind of like, yo, if we're going for this play, we're going for this play and we're committing to it. And I, and I think that is the point of having like you've got to mix personalities too. And sometimes having someone who is who is outspoken, but is actually a, a really good mechanical player and can shot call you know, through situations is a really benefit, I think, to any time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it comes back to the idea of like uh, the macro calling and shot calling. And I feel like that's almost like a sixth role. Like you need to have at least one person in a team uh, who has actually played that role. So as we didn't really have that, I felt, uh, at the beginning of the split, it was very similar to like uh, having a, you know, just someone play completely off role in your team almost, you know, like that's how it felt. Uh, because, you know, we didn't have anyone whom it came naturally or who was experienced in that. So trying to learn that uh, without off season, you know, without season, you know, pre season preparation and, you know, trying to kind of 
find whom it, it fit to uh, was was really difficult, uh, you know, situation for everybody. Yeah, can imagine. Um, one thing I wanted to ask about as well, not not so much relating to Enclave, but just um, with regards to just your coaching in general. Um, from what I could tell, I couldn't see that you sort of got into league as a player, and you often see that a lot of coaches are ex-players or retired players. Um, I don't think it's too common. We kind of see people that that join as a coach, if that makes sense. Um, I just wondered how how that happened. Did, were you ever like a you know like a high elo player or someone that just went straight into coaching, or because I know you do you were saying um, when we were sort of discussing when when to do the episode, you're also involved in like basketball coaching and stuff like that as well. So do you think do you think that sort of thing got you into coaching more rather than trying to push to be a player or something like that? Yeah, I, I think that for me, like the player side more so happened in the basketball. Uh, I, I was aiming to, you know, become as good as I could uh, when I was younger with that. Um, and then through injuries, um, you know, I was recommended, you know, coaching basketball. And I think league uh, kind of came around that time that I kind of, you know, started playing it a little bit. Um, and quite quickly, I realized that, uh, you know, the coaching at, at the same time as I was coaching basketball, I figured that, hey, you can do a similar thing in league. And I was already kind of out of that player mindset, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, since with the basketball and the injuries, I already had to kind of give up that dream. So it, it was, uh, I, I feel like it was really hard to then consider that again in, in something else. Um, obviously, spending a lot of time with the game and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, I did end up kind of, I wouldn't ever call myself high-low player, but like kind of, you know, uh, browsing the platinum ranks or, or, you know, even low diamond, I believe, one one time. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, for me, it was always more about like coaching first and then I'll play, you know, if I have time or, uh, you know, just to kind of know some champions or, or learn about the game in that way. Uh, so so that's kind of the background that I have is it's been the coaching first uh, in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Then how did you manage to even get kind of the first roles? Because imagine if if that's the case you didn't start as a player then i i'd say that you kind of be like from step one you'd maybe even struggling with connections and things to kind of get into it so how did you manage to um to even kind of get into the industry then without having that player experience before or or did you know some people or anything like that i i i think i did quite a weird um you know path of progression Mm -hmm. in in a way um at the time um when i started league uh, around season three um it was really a new game in the sense that you know there was a lot of completely new players coming in all the time um and what i ended up doing at the time was you know i figured after i got maybe gold at the time or something that hey i can maybe i can help some beginners you know and i started uh you know throughout the through the league boards or or something of sorts of that at the time i started offering like kind of not even coaching, but just like, you know, somebody who's just started the game, you know, mm-hmm. um, helping them a little bit. And then from there on, it progressed to there was this site called Leap Coaching uh, or LOL Coaching. Uh, I think they changed their name at some point. Um, and throughout that, I ended up essentially, um, how would you say, uh, you know, doing individual coaching, um, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And at the th- that time, I was still thinking that coaching was like, oh, you need to be better, you know, like as a player. And I, w- I was helping maybe bronze players, silver players, you know, what have you. And then at some point, 
uh, as I got good reviews there, um, players that were higher ranked than me started asking, you know, can, can you help me? Mm-hmm. And I think there at some point, then like the kind of light bulb moment happened, where I realized that this is the same as basketball. I don't need to be better than somebody to be able to help them. And the same kind of rules apply. Um, and then from there on, it kind of progressed. And I think like first uh, somewhat notable team experience that I had was when I joined. And, and that kind came through the... Um, what would you say, the performance coaching as well, uh, since I went to Australia to study exercise science. And at there, I joined to a team uh, um, because I wanted to see how the how coaching league was from the inside, you know? Um, so I joined, again, strictly as a performance coach, not doing anything with, with the tactics or, or, you know, game-related stuff. And, you know, then, then seeing how that team operated, I think I, from there I got a lot more confidence to also you know, be able to do, you know, the game stuff since I figured that, okay, it wasn't something, you know, impossible or, or something that, you know, I, I don't know what I thought it would be, but, you know, I realized like, okay, this is, this is logical stuff, you know, you can learn this uh, and, and so on. And uh, that's, that's uh, how I got started. Cool. And then um... Um, one thing uh, which I'm quite interested in, I think it's, I think it's good to kind of discuss this a little bit. So I think even though we know kind of like the different roles in coaching, there be some people who are listening who don't necessarily know it exactly. So, like, what's the difference kind of between like a performance coach and a head coach in terms of like you know specifics in terms of things like that? And which one do you prefer? To be fair, as well, or is it just different? Cheat, you know, different with different teams. Yeah, I think I think that uh, what each role means uh, changes, you know, a lot based on the team. Uh, so, like the definitions, there's not really a clear one. And even for myself, like I know that, for example, uh, I'm even trying to think what what uh, role has I have in certain organizations. Um, but sometimes when I've been assistant coach, for example, uh, I've essentially done performance coaching job. Uh, whereas, for example, in ENS, since we don't really have, you know, huge coaching staff otherwise, uh, while my job is performance coach, I still ended up doing, you know, some other things as well. Uh, to help out but um, you know traditionally what you would imagine is that performance coach kind of focuses more on the side of mentality you know helping with uh, lifestyle helping with all of the out of game stuff Um, and then then you you know you might have maybe analyst maybe strategic coach who you know uh, completely focuses on the you know in-game stuff Um, and and then obviously like generally uh, what you would want is head coach who can focus on a little bit of everything and delegate things uh, and, and the overall picture. But obviously in, in league, uh, you know, that can mean a lot of different things since not every team has a huge staff to, to actually mm-hmm. um, have that variety. So then head coach ends up meaning whatever that person and uh, is, is most strongest at. So do you think that things like that will slowly start to change as kind of like because as League of Legends develops, it's gone past developing as a player. Now, like your backroom staff are starting to be developed a lot more. You know, there's um, in terms of like they're being run kind of more and more like businesses and brands as well. It's not just like five teams. You know, there's like an organization around it. So, do you think that eventually things will start to change where you will kind of get like a head coach, um, an assistant coach, a performance coach, and kind of that's their role? Because there does seem to be a lot of like chopping and changing between 
like a performance coach can become a head coach, you know, and, and certain things like that kind of instantaneous. So without even kind of like gaining, you know, a full understanding of the, the steps in between at that point. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, something that, you know, and I, I think we've actually seen that even to some extent now, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, like even, even currently in the league, like, you know, uh, we, we have some, I believe, Actually, maybe not, to be honest, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I I would imagine that at least some teams, even if it's not uh, directly in the NLC page, like we probably have some some assistant coaches mm-hmm. there. Uh, I, I think the idea that there's multiple coaches in a team has become more expected nowadays uh, to a certain degree. And obviously, it's it's always starts from the top. I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's been really great to see in a league, how, you know, LEC... Uh, LCS teams uh, and, and such have had, you know, uh, big, big like increase in the staff and, and you know, the professional uh, prof- professionalism uh, that, that they handle things. So, you know, I think from there on it will go down, but obviously always the limiting factor at the lower levels will be the budget and, you know, what can you get? Um, but that's always, you know, something that I think teams will consider that, you know, when is it worth, when is it not worth? Um, yeah, because I always even think like, like being a football fan in in football teams, you have coaches even like for you know you have coaches for the goalkeeper, you have coaches to help the the strikers and and then there are specific things. And I remember thinking like, I wonder why people don't do that in League of Legends, and then you know eventually they they start doing it. So I think it's just you know as the scene grows and as teams do have more, well, even if they do have or they're willing to put more money into the coaching staff, you I think we'll kind of just see things even flesh out more and more. Um, who knows? In a few years' time, they might have like a position coach for, for literally every, each player on the team, and and yeah, full full on backroom staff kind of deal. Um, but about your your position now, then as as performance coach with Ents, um, one thing I thought was a bit unusual is because you you'd usually see a performance coach, well, if if teams do have them, you know, alongside a head coach, and the performance coach would be more the maybe the things you mentioned about um, you know lifestyle stuff and things like that. Um, so what? What was the decision behind yourself being the performance coach there without a full-on head coach? Is it a kind of a, a situation where the players sort of coach themselves on on the actual game, and then you're just you are more on the the mental side, or is is there kind of an overlap there as well? Yeah, I think that uh, there's uh, it's it's somewhat like you said uh, in a sense. Uh, obviously, uh, as the team was built, um, you know there were some things during that that may be uh, affected uh, to the to the decision there, but also uh, we do have a player called Taiki, who is obviously, you know, really really uh, experienced, uh, you know, in LCL, uh, DCL, uh, so on, and uh, you know, I think he's uh, taken a lot of leadership in terms of like the gameplay and and the direction. Uh, that the team wants to go uh, in that sense and being able to provide provide us with uh, maybe what you would often find from strategic coach or something. And then, like, as I joined to the team, we had some discussions with management and with players about, like, you know, at one point, like, obviously, as we figured out what I would be doing mostly, we figured that, hey, maybe it's uh, more descriptive to call myself a performance coach rather than the head coach because, obviously, you know, the head coach always brings um, certain other expectations uh, with it. 
and especially since I'm not with NSA uh, full time, uh, I'm I'm currently like my main uh, focus is with Lahti basketball, uh, uh, you know, professional team in in Lahti and and being the second assistant coach there. So if that takes my most of my time and I'm kind of part time with NSA, uh, I feel that you know taking the head coach uh, position was like that that would have been something that's uh, not really a I can't promise that kind of commitment right mm-hmm. now um, even if I wanted to so so I think that was the big difference there because all the other times that I've been in that position uh, I've al- always made that like my number one priority all the time mm-hmm. I think that's fair enough as well especially if there is someone like you say like Taiki where you know they feel like they have got the experience to to maybe take on some of that responsibility as well because you you kind of hear stories about some you know even a sort of lec level where there might be a player that's been around for a long time maybe with a bit of an ego and and they maybe don't don't really care what the coach tells them because they think well this guy doesn't know more than me so i suppose if you know if there is a player that that has that kind of knowledge you don't necessarily need the, the head coach role i suppose you know as long as you can have someone like yourself that's helpful even just on the mental side even if it is just that and and um, getting the best out of the players on that sense, and then yeah, just let them kind of get on with it themselves. Um, so, with regards to to the roster in general, then was that did you have a, a say in the roster too much, or were you um, were you kind of brought on board after? I was brought on board after. Like I I heard about the roster first time, um, you know, when uh, Simply was joining. Uh, since I worked with Simply individually during the off season a lot. Uh, regarding like mental side of things and that kind of stuff uh, and I've, I've been doing so for quite a time uh, so uh, when he was joining I, I heard about the roster and I did message you know like hey if you guys need a at the time because I knew my situation I mentioned like if you need a performance coach or assistant coach um, you know I let them know that I was available and, and then after the roster was kind of uh, built uh, then uh, the management reached, just reached up to me and kind of explained the situation, and and then we kind of moved on from from there. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then, so do you know what the the expectations were of the roster then once it was built? Because seeing like the whole, you know, the angle of getting a full finished roster, finished staff, and everything, um, I th- I think you could outsiders could maybe get the idea that it, you know the results don't matter too much. It maybe is more of a branding thing to you know for this. Obviously, it's Ence's first split in League of Legends really as well. So you kind of could get the idea that it's just, you know, I don't want to say just for show, but, you know, they may perhaps more care more about people seeing that it's a, a finished thing and getting behind the team for that rather than being results-based, which is obviously another way you can uh, easily get fans as well. So do you know what, what the expectations were or was it just maybe see if we can get into playoffs and then go from there? Yeah, I, I think like from what I've heard from the management and, and kind of, um, you know, the general consensus has been that... Um, you know, we wanted to be a roster that can win, you know, uh, um, but also at the same time, I think management has been really good of like not tying itself into that, like, you know, you need to get second place or third place or, or something like that. And for them, I, I believe since obviously, uh, you know, for them, I think the thing has been mostly about kind of uh, it's a new league for them, like from their perspective, they doesn't have a background in the league um, and also the NLC you know like the, all the changes in the Nordic they weren't really sure how 
uh, much viewership it will get and, and these kind of things. So from their point of view, it was that, uh, you know, keep the spot in the league, um, perform as well as you can. And, you know, then, then we see how we go from there. Uh, and, and I think they have had an idea that if things go well, this can be a really long-term commitment. Um, so it's really interesting to see that uh, from an org uh, in, in the Finnish scene. Mm-hmm. I think it it shows the experience of kind of the organization that kind of like NTAR in terms of in other titles is that they they know that like while it's good to maybe have splashed out everything that they they've got um, is it really worth it then if there's not really any returns in the end and because it, it is an investment at the end of the day like they're, they're putting resources in and um, it's it's a little bit different I know people might then compare it to kind of like Monster but it's a little bit different with Monster because Monster's kind of got that 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 sports traditional sports mentality, I think it is, where you, there's there's two different mentalities with esports and sports. I feel like once once a sporting brand gets into esports, they want to just like become like the best at it. Because I feel like mm-hmm. there's the, there's that kind of nature with traditional sports. I feel, yeah. and that's why like Nordvind, like because they're a football owned, I believe as well, aren't they? So they're another org which have constantly tried to put a lot in. Where I think if you're kind of like if you're used to the scene. You know that sometimes esports don't work out, certain divisions don't work out, so you don't want to spend everything. So I, I can see what they mean, and I do think that I do think that personally, it is like it is kind of it is a branding decision, but I think it's a, it's a smart branding decision as well because at the end of the day, like um, if this side was no offense to I mean, I mean, if this side was zero and seven at this point, then you could say that it wasn't worth it, you know, because you'd be like, well, the branding's there, but. The players were terrible, so it doesn't matter. But it's not, you know, it's it's a competitive side in a competitive league, and you know, it, it gives Ents kind of room to improve on, and that's why that's why I quite like how they've actually run things in the end. And then, um, so how do you think the split's gone so far? Then, right now, obviously, in in your group, you guys are well in playoff positions at the moment, one win ahead of Godsent, um, and I'd I'd imagine that's I would have thought that's kind of where you guys would expect to be um, seeing the, or knowing what the other rosters were. I think that's where, even like on our predictions before the split began, I think Tom had you guys fourth. I had you guys fifth because I was way too hot on Singularity. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, we see how that got me in my predictions. Um, so yeah, I don't think, uh, was that kind of, you guys happy with that so far? I, I imagine, you know, the fact of just getting into playoffs would be um, obviously a big thing. Do you guys think you should be doing better or do you think you're kind of happy where you are at the moment? Well, I mean, obviously, I don't want to put words into other people's mouths, so I'll just uh, speak from my own, mm-hmm. own perspective. But uh, I, w- I would say that, um, you know, I-, I would be relatively happy with that. Uh, I think, obviously, uh, there has been games that we felt we should have been or could have win, um, you know, one or, one or two. So we-, we could be a little bit better in that sense. Um, but especially considering how we started uh, and things look uh, quite grim at the beginning uh, in terms of results, uh, I think it's it's been uh, you know really positive. And uh, I think the feeling right now that I have about the team is that uh, we can and, and it's been the whole crew bay to be honest that anybody can win anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know that we can definitely beat anyone uh, at least in our group like uh, if if we have a good day. Uh, the question for us has been the consistency. Uh, obviously, even though we had a lot better preparation this season compared to like the Enclave situation, for example, uh, 
um, we do still have two two rookies, for example. We have Simply and Kehvo, who both to be you know to be their their uh, you know uh, respects have been amazing. Uh, you know, I think both have had really successful rookie splits uh, in in this level. Uh, and then we have a lot of uh, experienced players also who have, you know, shown up and, and had a lot of great moments. But, you know, I would say that we're, we're rel- relatively happy, uh, uh, you know, in our current position. But, uh, you know, there are some wins that we kind of, uh, you know, will remember when we face those teams uh, in the second round and, and we'll try to take, take mm-hmm. back. <laughs> yeah, cause well, said... looking, at the, looking at the result briefly... Um, you kind of see it and you kind of be like, you've lost two to Nordvind, you've gone 1-1 one, one against Riddle, uh, and then you lost to BTXL. So it, the sides which you know, I think a lot of people would say that you should be beating, you are beating, and then it's just kind of then, I guess, I guess is it kind of like learning to try and step up to those, what these, what this three seems to be, but however, like you said, with Group A, everybody just seems to be beating everybody at this point now. So it's um it's not like Group B where you're basically seeing. Well, I think Fnatic Rising have already qualified for playoffs. I think that's that's the point it's got to uh, in Group A. But with Group B, it does seem a lot more like um, the, there's mistakes, and so that means that like you can kind of coach those mistakes, and potentially you actually don't actually know where where anybody kind of is in that level because there's no clear like well-oiled team playing the best. I think they can be doing right. I think that for us, uh, it has been mainly about just focusing on our own game because, uh, you know, as you mentioned, some of those those losses, I think the BTXL game, for example, was something where, you know, we played really well, I think, that game. And I, I think that was something where, you know, I, I could, could have seen us win, uh, you know, in that particular game. I actually was more confident of us during the game winning that game rather than, for example, the Nordavind game. Uh, um, so, you know, for us, it's been all about, you know, trying to figure our own game out and the consistency. We know that we can perform really well, but being able to guarantee that we can can bring it up each night has been a little bit of a challenge. And that's obviously a lot where my work has been in terms of the kind of the mental side and the preparation and, and mm-hmm. that kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've looked at the the games that you guys did win, it, it kind of seemed to me it's like if, if Kevo can get can get ahead and when Kevo pops off like that's just it you guys are one like looking at the games you guys did win he was he went seven and one eight and zero twelve and zero um all on Ezreal as well so is that do you know if that's something like uh and it, it may be something more you know um even for for us to ask the Taikis at, at some point but um do you know if that is like an it uh a conscious thing to maybe try and get Kevo ahead and, and let him carry the game because like I said he seemed to have been um playing really well in those wins that you guys did get yeah, I, I would say that like uh, what often ends up, ends up happening in those kind of situations is that if we play really well elsewhere in the early game, um, that allows Kehvo to get hit as a kind of um, you know result of that. And then when Kehvo gets ahead, he's really really good. Mm-hmm. So you know then it's kind of like it it needs to work the both ways since it's a team game. Uh, we need to be able to handle uh, everything elsewhere to give Kehvo kind of the keys, and then you know. Yeah, well, generally, if he gets the keys, we'll do the job. Job. So, I think that's uh, you know definitely what you what you see there. Mm-hmm. Kind of almost like, well, sort of similar to the way that like Excel were playing their last split, where they were trying to sort of put pressure, you know, all over the map as much as they can, and then just let Deadly farm and, and get ridiculously strong. Um, yeah, it seems like Kevo's the new Deadly in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's done it really it's, well. Uh, it's interesting to see. 
it's interesting to see how uh, Kevo has developed, I think, as a player, especially in these like last two splits, so the end of the UKLC with Barrage, and then um, at Enclave, uh, not Enclave, at Ent. I felt like at Enclave, uh, um, people were always telling us about Kevo when we were doing podcasts that Kevo is really good, he, he kind of just hasn't had the right team around him, he hasn't had the you know, the right atmosphere and stuff like that. Pete, you know, I, I think it's... Um, uh, someone at someone at Enclave, I think it might be Philip, was basically saying that like, you know he's really really good and he's you know he's, he just needs to find the right team and then he found the right team at, at Barrage and it's worked and then when he left it, we had that thing of oh can he keep it going and he does seem to have, have have got this kind of good like mentality going as well. I feel like he just looks like a lot more of a complete player um, around other players now. It's, it's really good to see a development of like that of a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, de- definitely. It, it's it's something that I've seen close up since, uh, to some, some degree, since, uh, you know, I was uh, working with a team called Nuriki Esports in, in Finnish scene uh, before that. And Kehovo actually played for us uh, the one split before he went to the, bar, uh, not Barats, but the Enclave. Mm-hmm. So I saw his situation at the time. Uh, and at the time, he wasn't really, I wouldn't call him complete player. He, he knows this. Um, but uh, then when I saw him again, you know, after the barrage split, when he came to ENS, and even during the barrage split, uh, you know, I, I saw some really good performances. But then now that he, he has been in the ENS, I've, uh, you know, been com- uh, convinced that uh, he's, he's matured a lot. Uh, um, and, and especially like the completeness, as you say, he's not just now a player who can mechanically perform really well, um, you know, which was obviously evident all the, uh, even from the barrage. But he's also a player who, you know, generally has things decently in the mental side of things, you know, preparation, lifestyle, like these kind of things. He's really, you know, the attitude uh, and the work ethic uh, is there. So, you know, I, I do see him keeping up uh, this level or, or similar uh, in the future as well. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing with Kevo, I haven't, I don't think I've seen it so much this split, but especially on Barrage, and it, it always made me feel so stupid that I didn't know what it was, where there was this like uh, copy pasta in Twitch chat every time Kevo played, about this like 21 centimeters stuff, and and it's been one of those things like I would see it so much and I felt too stupid to ask ask it and I felt dumb for not knowing what it was. Uh, have, have you seen that? Do you know what that's about? Any um, any ideas where that came from? No, I, I have to say no. I've kind of lost track since uh, Finnish. I, I don't know if it's uh, how much it's outside of the Finnish scene, but mm-hmm. uh, especially Finnish scene, I think uh, does like their copy pastas a lot. And even in even in our games, there tends to be like multiple ones. Uh, so so I haven't kept a track of like it's one that much. Uh, you know, it's just something that I expect that you know when there's Finnish players playing, mm-hmm. especially when there's inside organization playing. Uh, the, there's all these memes and copy pastes and, and whatnot, and you know we embrace it and enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Um, we had as well. There's a question from uh, Psychic Pete in the Twitch chat saying that assuming you guys do get the fourth spot and, and therefore get into playoffs, um, how do you think you stack up against the Group B teams? Because I think previous people we've had on from Group A have said that it is the stronger group um, than Group B. So do you where do you guys? Well, where do you think you would be? Let's say you were in Group B. Where do you, what level do you think you'd be in there? I mean, yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of uh, really strong teams uh, in the in the Group B. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, gotta give props to uh, Monster Rugby with the Vice uh, being there. Um, 
and then then uh, you know tricky esports with bad so a lot of like familiar faces uh, if you will uh, both whom by the way been amazing to work with vice uh, in the enclave and then uh, bad with the felon uh, um, but then you know other than that I, I I feel that we would be in a in a somewhat similar spot um, and you know then there's the question of how much more difficult it is to beat teams uh, it's hard to say um, you know since since uh, we we haven't uh, played most of them I know some some teams uh, we have scrimped but uh, you know don't want to leak anything there uh, so so we'll, we'll leave that up to mm-hmm. you know debate but I, I would say that we're very uh, very much confident uh, going going against those teams and you know we'll, we'll see what the result is I, I think uh, when it comes to playoffs like when you get there anything can happen it's it's kind of like a new new situation and and it's all about who's gonna perform that day uh i i, I have experience in the past of uh finnish teams uh, making upsets i don't think when Nureki was uh, playing in the nordic championships uh, anyone was expecting us to i don't i don't think we were supposed to get the second place and get to finals uh in the first place so at, at that split when there was other teams with like triple quadruple or uh, budget so you know i i have experience that you know when, when the playoffs is on you know it doesn't matter who invested more it doesn't matter who has the bigger names uh all that matters is just what happens during that day mm-hmm. cool um let's uh, maybe have a look then at some of the upcoming games this week and, and kind of get our thoughts and as we go through we can kind of get your thoughts on how the teams are doing as well so far. Um, maybe get some predictions along the way. Um, so the first game coming up next week, well, actually the first game next week is I think the the Singularity Godsent that's still got to play. Um, I think that's playing on on Monday night from what I know. Um, but yeah, we've we've got some predictions for that already already sorted. So um, I'm waiting for that one to get, hopefully to get a couple of points on the board and start clawing my way back to Tom. Um, yeah, I, d- I doubt it. Did, did, did we we differed on this one, didn't we? Because did I go for singularity? You, or... No, we actually both said singularity. Actually, it was only, oh, only Pad said Godsent. Um, <laughs> well, so actually, perfect. well, we can. Follow on. Yeah, we might catch up with uh, with the guests a bit then. Um, but yeah, for this week then, we're starting with Barrage against Tricked. Um, what do you make of those sides? Obviously, Tricked is a team. I think has sort of been performing a, ahead of what most people's expectations were. Um, we were annoying. I think we all voted for Trick to beat Dusty last week, uh, and Dusty pulled one out and, and beat him. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, one thing I, I quite like with Trick is just the fact that they're maybe not not just playing the the kind of straight meta stuff that everybody else is, or like you know, Aphelios, Ezreal every game, um, Azir, Corky, and stuff like that. What do you make of of Trick and uh, and Barrage as well? Where do you think, or how how well do you think those guys have been doing so far? Um, I mean. Uh, Barats, I don't know too much of the other players than Chadron, who, mm-hmm. who played actually in the Italian scene uh, in our academy team with Inferno at one point, and he was really promising player at that time. So uh, it's it's been exciting to see how he uh, played this season and kind of you know finally people recognizing uh, that that he can play at this level. Um, however, uh, in in this current situation, uh, you know I mean tricked with a bad mastermind and then you know having people like Sophie in the jungle who, who I think is one of the more promising junglers in, in, in the scene uh, that I've seen um, I'm, I'm expecting him to have a you know real potential for uh, playing 
professionally uh, and, and playing like, I mean, hips probably actually playing now professionally, but, you know, even even to like, you know, knocking to the LEC Academy doors uh, if he if his development is solid uh, in, in the next few years, mm-hmm. uh, maybe same even with Vasor. So, you know, I, w- I would definitely have to give it to Tricked with like kind of, you know, they have the young talents of Vasor, they have experience, Achu, you know, mastermind of a bad, you know, that's just, uh, you know, quite a quite a tall task to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go for Tricked on that one as well. I think from what we've seen so far, they, they do look the stronger side too. Uh, and yeah, with, with Pad, you know, he's probably got something up his sleeve as well. What are you going for on that one, Tom? Um, I think it's interesting because Barrage has, I think, been one of those sides where I'm kind of like, I still, even though we're like six, we're going into the sixth week, I still kind of don't know where I stand with them in terms of are they strong or are they not? Because this side beat Dusty and then lost to Fnatic Rising. So that's the last two games. Um, And then Trick lost to Dusty. But if I have to be honest, I think that kind of Trick's lost to Dusty because I think Trick's maybe got a little bit too overconfident in thinking that they could beat that side. And um, I completely forgot that they did this whole boot camp thing, didn't they? Which clearly does actually help. It's yeah. not it's not a myth. But like When you get all these sides which can actually be together and actually talk about it, it gives them a, a massive advantage. Um, but I do think that Tricks are going to look to get a, another victory here. I think they need to go 2-0 if they want to be considered maybe like the second place team. I don't think they're going to get first at this point. Uh, but I think they've got two good games this week where I think this could prove kind of where I feel that they could go in playoffs. I think they're going to make playoffs. I think everybody's going to be uh, going to be you know easy to say that, but I think, I think it's going to be seeing how they can beat these two sides to see whereabouts in terms of strength they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, the game after that then is, is Munster against Fnatic. And when we had this game... Uh, earlier on in the split, I think I'd even, I don't remember everyone's prediction, I think I went for Munster, I think that they would um, upset it a bit, and I, I didn't think it looked like, well, at the time, it didn't feel like that would have even been too huge for an upset, I think it might have even been in sort of the first couple of weeks, um, but since then, Fnatic have looked, you know, far stronger in that group, they've obviously still yet to even drop a game, and we've seen Munster sort of drop off a bit as well, maybe getting, I don't know, maybe getting complacent in some games, or just generally not looking quite as, you know, as good as everyone expected them to. Um, what do you make of Munster split f- so far, and, and yeah, the fact that they've perhaps not looked quite as strong? Because I think it was, um, I think it might have been with Pad last week. He was kind of saying it maybe, you know, even around how they've how they sort of built the team. Like Max Law, a, a guy that wants to, you know, get impacts early and um, with early ganks and stuff, and then perhaps matching him with laners that aren't so much like that, are a bit more passive or um, do play better on in weaker lanes and things like that. So, um, yeah, what do you make of Munster so far? How strong do you see those guys? I feel like, uh, you know, they have a lot of similarity to us in a way that I think, like, on a really good day, they can be really, really, really good. Uh, um, you know, then, you know, the question is, can they do that every day? Uh, um, but, you know, uh, in, in this kind of a matchup, uh, while... You know, maybe maybe my brain uh, might say more towards the fanatic. Uh, my heart says that uh, monster uh, due to you know obviously having Kiva there uh, as, as a Finnish guy, and then Vice, uh, I believe, is their analyst. Um, you know, from from Enclave. So you know, I, I would have to kind of uh, support uh, monster uh, taking the upset here, nice. uh, and and you know take the risk, see what happens. Nice one, giving us a chance to get some points. I prefer back. that. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> What are you going for, Tom? 
Um, I think it's I think it's very interesting because I do think if there's one side to beat Fnatic in that group, it's Monster. As much as I like Tricks, I think that that there is this kind of um, like it's kind of a ceiling which I think you could reach potentially with Monster, which may never be reached. But I think because obviously there's there's expectations of what some of these players have previously done that you could realistically be like, okay, well if they have just one of those days, they could beat Fnatic. Um, but I. If the game was so much closer the last time they met, but Fnatic absolutely destroyed them, I believe, in the game where they faced each other. And that's kind of what that's kind of what gave Munster this reality check. And they never really looked the same after since. <laughs> like they've had okay performances, but they've they've just kind of um coasted through it and performed well, but and performed to the well of their ability, but just never felt like this giant killer as soon as that Fnatic game happened. And I think it's gonna be a very similar situation. I think that I think that Fnatic are, are going to win this. I, I just hope that it's not like another stomp because it does then make me worry about are we just going to see Fnatic kind of you know, run off shot through the entire side. Because mm -hmm. yeah. uh, I don't want it. I like it when a team goes undefeated. And I think if you asked them, if you asked XL last split, they probably didn't like it that a team goes undefeated because like I feel like when you actually lose, you gain something. Even if you get that one loss, it can teach you about, well, that was a mistake which we made and we can change it. Um, where I don't think that Fnatic kind of had that. They've had kind of close games, but I've never felt like they've ever been in trouble, which means that when they are in trouble, I think it is actually going to uh, it is gonna punish them a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it is Fnatic this game. But I could see Muslim in it, yeah. Same. Um, and yeah, so I think it would be helpful even you know, looking onwards to like EU Masters levels and stuff like that, it's a similar thing like what happened with with XL, where yeah, none of their weaknesses really showed until until the playoff final, the final. where, they, where yeah. they got swept, and then going into EU Masters, their confidence was gone, and you know they had that kind of miracle to get out of the group, but you know they just, yeah they didn't look the same after that as well. So um, they, they went zero and five in the last in the yeah. five games before they went three zero. Right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. So yeah, hopefully even. You know, for um, for Fnatic's sake, they'll get one or two losses at least before the end. But yeah, I'm going Fnatic as well. Um, I still got to, I've got to try and be clever this week, and I, I can't really go for upsets. I just need the points. <laughs> uh, so then um, the game after that, we've got um, yourselves Ents against Singularity. Um, I kind of touched on it a bit earlier about maybe me being a, a bit too hot on Singularity, and even since they've struggled, I've, there's been a couple of games where I thought they would be the one to, would be the one to to bring it back. Um, they did get their first win though this week, and and that was after, I think, when we asked Pad about it last week, about if he sees Singularity turning their split around, he he basically said no, like, you know, that um, they have looked very weak and there's perhaps not time for them to to kind of get things back on track. But then since then, they did get the first win. Um, However, he did slate Nordvind as well. So, true. like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got that first win. It wasn't, you know, to be fair, he was saying that Nordvind aren't perhaps as good as they look, but they still are one of the stronger teams in that group. Um, and Singularity beat them. So, uh, Ata, what do you think of um, of Singularity in particular? Then, um, obviously, they did struggle a lot. They had the you know the Scood game where he was um, well, he just got just fed basically, and um, but they have sl sort of slowly looked a lot better. I think um, it was almost like a, it was kind of giving me um, flashbacks to Enclave in a way. Like, couldn't seem to get a win, but clearly we're getting better. But just couldn't kind of get that first one. Um, but in their case, they've they've got one, you know, with a few weeks left. Do you see them maybe pushing on a bit now? They've, you know, we still got to actually wait to see what happens with them against Godsent. But you know, if you think if they if they win that match and go two zero for 
last week, um, then they should be full of confidence. So um, yeah, what do you what do you make of them? Do you think they're gonna they should upset you um, next week, or do you think it's gonna be an easy match? Well, I, I do have to vote for our own team here. Uh, you know, that is that is that much is clear. Um, but uh, you know, I, I definitely think that with the roster that the Singularity have, uh, I wouldn't ever feel confident uh, counting them out. Uh, and I think we would do ourselves this service if we would do that. Uh, um, so yeah, I think we definitely need to go to the match with the idea that uh, you know these guys can definitely punish uh, us if if we do make mistakes. And I think it's similar to what I've said before that it's be it it will be a lot about our own game. Um, you know, I feel it's gonna be like even something like you know to to join uh join uh you know sliding nordavint uh here is is that uh you know i i feel like nordavint felt really similar to riddle gods and singularity in terms of playing against them but i feel that we were significantly worse in that day uh than um you know what we've uh performed otherwise so you know i i think that you know singularity uh they will do to us what nordavint did if we're not ready um but if we're ready we will handle them just like we did before. What do you reckon on this one then, Tom? Uh, I'm going to go for Ents because they are my second most picked predicted side <laughs> in the entire game. Oh yeah, do you know it's um, Tom is literally <laughs> your guys' biggest I fan. Predicted Ent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I predicted Ents. I think the one there's two times actually, um, and I believe it was it was this uh, last week I predicted Nordvin. And then the other time I didn't predict Ents was Godsend. And I don't know why I didn't predict Ents over Godsend. Every other one, I was like, yeah, Ents are going to win. Then the Godsend one, I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. I'm like, what was, what was that? I, was, I was so bad. Uh, how, am I, how am I second in predictions is the, the other question. Uh, <laughs> no, I, think that Ents, I think that Ents just look like a, a strong side. But I do, there's something in the back of my mind which is a little bit like, it's hard because I wish we knew the result of the Godsent Singularity match right now. Because if Godsent beat Singularity, then I'm like, oh, yeah, Ents. Like, it's a clear Ents. But if, if I do see Singularity beat Godsent, there's part of me which is like, oh, they could do something then. It, like, how, where, where is this going to go? But I do, I do think that, like, overall, quality-wise, I think that Ents have better players um, yeah. in, in, in every position, I think, from... From Singularity, uh, I think it's gonna be a very interesting game, though. and it's it's gonna be one of those games where like we could potentially be seeing like Team Singularity potentially make it into make a playoff run, which would have been ridiculous to say. Again, it's all dependent on this Godsend game, but th this is this this could be a ridiculous run for them in the end. But mm -hmm. I doubt it. But it'd be a anything bar not getting relegated after the start they had is is a short of a miracle and is is well done to everybody involved yeah. so um but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go ents because they just they just look like the strong side yeah. if if i'm being honest despite like i said i'm a big singularity like fan in terms of especially with Torek, how he's kind of because he because um you know he's working so hard in trying to build that side up trying to coach that side that you can kind of see when when you know that a coach is putting so much time and effort in and these players are putting so much time and effort in, you can kind of see development on the rift automatically. Um, and it's good because it, I think he even came out and said that like 
they weren't the finished product at the, at, at the start. They, they were nowhere near. There was some major, major problems. And they have slowly chipped those away. And it, it is really good. It's really impressive to see. Yeah. Um, I don't think I said I'm, go- I'm going Ents as well. Sort of similar things that you guys are saying. You know, you do look stronger. On paper, you've, you should win probably. And um, and yeah, just you, you know, do look a stronger side. But I think the fact that that game got postponed for Singularity... I think that's that's the one thing that could give them a chance. Obviously, if seeing as it's only the day before, I think if they do beat Godsent, because right now Godsent are obviously the team that they're they're trying to basically overtake, isn't it? It's, you know, between those two, really, for uh, for fifth and sixth place. I think if they beat Godsent and go level with them the day before your match, that's when they'll you know they 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 should get the uh, bigger confidence boost. I think even than than the game against Nordavind, where they'll they'll now see that they're they'll be level with Godsent. Um, only one win behind you guys, and, and may well be you know really up for it based on that. Um, so yeah, it will be really interesting to see what actually happens on Monday night with that postponed game. Um, but yeah, obviously doing the predictions before that, I'm I'm still going to go hence. I think that's uh, probably the safer pick in my current situation. Um, then uh, <laughs> then after that we've got BTXL against Nordvin, which is uh, which is our match of the this week for this, this week. So difficult. our two pointer. Um, and yeah, it is. You know, like you say, Tom, it's difficult. There's XL aren't as clear, you know, as as clear ahead as they were last split. They are. They're literally level with Nordavind at the moment, um, and they just haven't really looked quite the same yet. It's a tricky one. I think I'm going to go XL, just because, you know, I don't know the fact that they're right now they're they're kind of well they are level on wins, so they're they're playing at a similar level. So in terms of form and, and things, you can't really separate them. So um, I'm just gonna have to go off, off you know the players that they have. I, I still do think that XL have the stronger players. So if they both play kind of to equal strength, I think XL XL should be able to still take it. Um, but yeah, it's a really tricky one. I could e- easily see it going either way, especially after Nordvin losing to Singularity. You know that might might be a kick up the arse for them. Um, and thus, you know, if they've lost to them, they may they may may well be on a, like a double practice week, trying to sort things out for XL. So um, yeah, really, it's difficult either way to. To sort that one out, um, ATL. Where, how do you see those teams at the moment? We kind of mentioned Nordvind a little bit already. Um, what about Excel? How, how strong do you think they are? Because the comparison will always be Excel to Fnatic, but you know, so far Fnatic have have clearly looked better. I think. Um, do you th- how far do you think they are off of that level and off of where they were in spring? Yeah, but well, while I said that uh, we felt that Nordvind wasn't too much a difference compared to some of the other teams in our group. Uh, to be honest, I don't. I don't think that we felt Excel was too much of a difference either. Um, you know, we felt uh, completely comfortable that day uh, playing against Excel, and and we felt that you know, you know, like it, it was winnable for us, um, even if we didn't manage to close it out. So, you know, it's it's a hard uh, situation to choose. Um, obviously, uh, I think I Hansen has done a really good job in the past. Uh, um, you know, generally the rosters he has uh, have uh, outperformed the expectations, uh, as you could argue is the case even this time so far. Um, so there's there's that side of the things. On the other hand, Excel obviously they they have a really good uh, you know staff and and you know the whole idea of the LEC Academy like you know that's that's obviously you know strong situation. Uh, it's it's hard to say which which way to go here. Um, I think since last time I, I voted against uh, the Alicia Academy, maybe I, I 
this time pick them, uh, you know, to try to make sure that, you know, I, I don't completely bomb the prediction. Um, but, uh, yeah. No, feel I, feel I, free to bomb them, it's fine. It'll help me yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I'll pick Excel. Um, I, I think that overall they do have a little bit more experience in the roster. Um, you know, they have kind of, uh, you know, they have people who, who can take it take it and, and uh, win the game. I, I definitely think that Norrevent has a good chance. I think it's like 55-45 uh, type of situation at, at the most. Uh, so I think it can can be anyone's game, but uh, I believe, you know, in an even situation, uh, Excel has a little bit of a an edge. Mm -hmm. I I agree with the fact that I think if if it's an even situation, that Excel have an edge, but I just don't think it is right now an even situation. I just think that Excel um, don't look that good and it's hard to see um because we don't know i don't i haven't seen the vod i don't think there is there is going to be a vod of the riddle loss um i know that hatrix was streaming it but i, I managed to miss it just before uh you know while, while he was on it but uh i i think that just nordavind look like more of a complete side right now than xl xl which is crazy to consider, consider that xl literally has only made like one change um, it was special, and then they brought in hat tricks. But then, I feel like while I've not been completely impressed with Nordavin, I do think that they feel like a little bit more of a team than right now than XL. And this could be one of those where I think if they, if, while going two 0 to, uh, to Riddle, uh, O two to Riddle, sorry, um, if you can go to O two to Riddle, you could easily lose to Nordavin. I feel, especially at this point with how I'm gauging kind of how I feel Riddle are. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go in. Plus, Mummus is the top lane, so it's <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna go on a carry, and that's it. Let's just put Mummus on a carry; it'd be good. Cool. There we go then. One more. I'll make up a point to you then, Tom. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then, going on to uh, the day two, then we've got uh, Riddle against Godsent. Um, Riddle, I feel like it's kind of been a similar sort of thing to to Monster. It's one that on paper looked really strong. Um, especially, you know, their players had so much experience as well. They didn't really have any rookies. Um, they had Senkux, obviously, has LEC experience. But they've, you know, obviously not looked as we'd expect either. They're only, well, they're four and three at the moment after beating XL. Um, actually, to be fair, that's, you know, a bit of an upset, I think. They were three and three before that, which, you know, mm -hmm. was I don't think would be good enough for what they would have expected. What do you make of, of Riddle so far, ETL? Do you, do you think they are kind of where they should be, or do you see them kicking on at all? Um, I think that Riddle has definitely been a, you know, especially looking at the roster, it, it has been a, you know, strong, strong contender. Uh, and I think us beating uh, the Riddle in the second round was, was definitely a big moment for us, uh, where we feel like, uh, you know, that was really enjoyable win uh, as far as wins go. Um, so, so yeah, I feel that uh, Riddle definitely like, at least in paper, you would say that they have the edge to Gotsan. Um, however, I think a, a Godsend, as, as far as I see, they have an interesting roster of, of they're not really a superstar heavy, uh, I would say. Um, but, you know, in, in this instance, I, I would have to say that uh, I see one Deto there, uh, who I've worked with with uh, Falcon in the EU Masters. And, you know, I, I, I know that he's very capable. Uh, I know that he's been successful 
in the previous times, working with rosters without uh, huge superstars. Um, and, you know, both of them have, uh, you know, shown flashes this season. So I, I, I would actually take a godsend here. Uh, maybe again, a little bit more heart and uh, brain, but, you know, uh, we, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I believe in the heart of the cards. So uh, I'll, I'll I... pick godsend for this one. I don't think it's necessarily a bad, bad vote. I don't think you're right, but I don't think it's a bad vote in the sense that, like, um, I, I look at I look at what Riddle have done, and I think that Riddle have seemed to have always stepped up against the sides which I feel like people have counted them out at. So XO is the main example. Is that people have always kind of been like, well, Riddle's not performing well, but then when they actually get this motivation going, they actually seem to get these victories out, which is which is what they seem to be doing basically this entire split where they lost the godsend previously um and i believe that they've lost games where in terms of the how this squad would value themselves they should not have lost um however on that note i think that as it's coming close to playoffs and i think because of the fact that it's so so tight at the top especially with the top three um that all it needs is one side, really, I think, to gain some momentum and to push on and potentially get that first seed. And that first seed is so crucial, I think, in in this group um, because it's the, I believe it's the least chance of uh, reaching Fnatic Rising, I believe, at that point, um, which I think a lot of people will be wanting to do. So I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for Riddle, uh, not because I've been particularly impressed with them. I do think, though, that they're just going to, hopefully show us something and I, I maybe it's just maybe a little bit for me it's a little bit of hope because i i expected so much more of this side and i'm not i'm not getting it right now and hopefully as it's going up to playoffs and with kind of exo and nordovin you know not really performing again i think as as great as what they they would have thought they would have done especially xl that this could give a chance like riddle to to really push on yeah. they beat xl twice so why they for me, normally, if you beat the academy team twice, you're normally like up there. So I can't see why they're not, and it's mm -hmm. because they've took not. Some, I think they've not took some of these games too seriously, and I think it's it's a shame, really. Yeah. And if you think about it as well, you know, remember you say they beat XL twice. The first time they beat XL, the next game they lost to Godsent. So you know they beat XL this week. <laughs> you know, does it? Yeah. Is history going to repeat itself? Um, I'm going to say it's not going to repeat itself. Um, hopefully that first time is like, is yeah, it was a wake-up call and they'll try and make sure they don't slip up again against Godsent. So I'm going to go with Riddle. But um, yeah, you know, it is a team that's shown that they're, you know, they are inconsistent. They are perhaps, perhaps they don't, you know, I don't know if it's the fact they're not trying as much or maybe it's just a mental thing that they, you know, they don't maybe do it consciously, but it might just be they're not kind of giving that extra effort against a, you know, against every team and, and um, and yeah, do slip up where you kind of would expect them to win summer games. So um, yeah, I think as well. Yeah, go on. Uh, interesting because when you've got um, again this game in hand, kind of plays a big part. If Godsent beat Team Singularity, and then you know they're only one game off Riddle at that point. They beat Riddle. They're even on points with them, I believe. If you actually look at the table, yeah. that's that's playoffs then. So Godsend, if they beat Singularity, then. They're probably going to be more, you know, ready and prepared for that than ever because they're going to think, well, this is our chance actually to not just be a fifth place team. Everybody was predicting us bottom, like everybody was basically saying that this side was going to finish bottom uh, from a lot of people. And then if they can even do that, beat Riddle, which they have done prior, 
um, it's not it's not a it's not an unfathomable situation mm -hmm. to to be in right now. Yeah, and and to be honest, like their uh, their schedule in the last couple of games has been really harsh with us, Nordavind, mm -hmm. and uh, Excel, I believe. So you know, like they might look worse in the standings than they actually are because you know mm -hmm. the singularity game hasn't been registered yet. And then if you look at the rest of their schedule, I think it's significantly, well, not significantly easier, but easier, you know, than uh, mm -hmm. what they have had so far. And it's it's funny because like before the split started, they they obviously got got some stick for for not you know properly building their own team, and they just went and took any you know pre-built roster. Maybe you know maybe they didn't want to put so many so many resources things into it. But it's kind of almost turned out like the fact that the the regular season because the group is so small and there's so few games, it's almost worked out quite well for them in that sense because they you know they didn't have to build on the team and uh, and kind of work on synergy and things like that. They've you know they've just had a team and it's there and it, with a short regular season it you know it's almost not been the worst idea you know I, i'm not sure they would have thought about it in that way before if, if it was just the fact that it was just a quick thing to try and pick up a team or not but um yeah i think luckily for godson it has kind of worked out i think and like you say tom if they beat singularity they're they're winning the race for for playoffs after that it's so interesting seeing how it's how it could change all of a sudden yeah uh, i quite you know we said about before the 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 format being where some teams do only play one game in a week and they go a few weeks only playing once and then go another two week uh, two game week but it, obviously in that sense it, it could be a bit difficult and I don't know, momentum and things can be messed up a little bit but um yeah the fact that like, getting these games in hand and things it makes it interesting it makes you like think about it more and you kind of you're trying to work out if this team beats this and they've still got another game and this happens and it, mm. you know again like being a football fan that's the kind of thing you do there like you're looking where where could we be where could we end up in a few games if this happens and then this um and yeah in that way it kind of makes it a bit more interesting as well from a fan perspective i think um so yeah um moving on then the the next game on day two is m&m against tricked um m&m mm. &M, they they were awfully close to to getting a win well they should have they probably should have beaten dusty like they gave monk three kills like level two um, and s somehow they still didn't win it. Uh, ATM, what, what are you making of Eminem's split? Obviously, that you know it's been disastrous for the most part, and, and we've kind of spoken about it at length on the podcast before. But this week was, you know, with some of the changes, was the first week where they've they have actually looked like a team that that can win. Like they've looked at a team that can m sort of be on a level with some of the other teams in the NLC. Do you see them picking up a win in the next, uh, well, in the last two weeks at all? Or do you do you think they'll struggle still? Uh, let me see actually what are the other teams than the next. They match. have they've... Tricked, Farage, and Fnatic. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I believe uh, if if Farage uh, is the one to look at there uh, in terms of their perspective, um, but um, yeah, I think that they've had a very very difficult split, mm -hmm. and I would expect that to be. I mean, there, there's. It seem. I don't know what has happened in inside of the team, but it, it's definitely there was some question marks like the monk starting at the mid lane, uh, as known as one of the better ADCs uh, in in the previous splits in the UK LC and elsewhere. So you know, uh, I think that was a huge question mark. Um, but I, I believe that they do have potential if they kind of find the right um, combination. Um, you know, may. I mean, last three games, Monk has played in the ADC position, as, as he's used to. So maybe that's the answer. Uh, aesthetic, obviously. 
uh, is is you know terrific player, uh, like can do amazing things. Have have you know uh, been in in you know high high level at at you know really high level leagues in the LFL and and so on. Um, so so there is some potential, and obviously you know there's the a little bit of Finnish color in the team as well for me to root at. Um, but um, you know, in in this matchup uh, right now, um, I, w- I would have to say that I, I believe Trickta will will take care of this, um, no problem. Yeah, I don't think that's a surprise. You know, Eminem are still like trying to be you know, now on the up a bit, but yeah, you'd you'd imagine Trickt should still be too strong, and I'm gonna go for Trickt as well. Um, I'm not gonna do a, a silly pick there. I did. I think I said Eminem to beat Dusty as well. And was it? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I put them to beat Dusty, and it was so close. I was so excited, but it was like legions as well. I think his like Cassidin had like eleven kills at at level fifteen or something like that, and it was just you know you couldn't really stop it. Um, so yeah, I'm still gonna go for tricked. You know, it's nice to see that Eminem have picked th- things up a bit. I think for them at this point, it's it's trying to make sure the team is gonna be good enough to um, to get out of relegations basically, and, and still be stronger hopefully than. For them, hopefully, then the um, the team's looking for promotion, which you know, as long if they can keep keep going the way they did against Dusty and that kind of level, you'd imagine they probably should stay in the league. But um, yeah, they'll be hoping at, at the very least that they're good enough to stay up. What do you reckon on this one, Tom? Are you going to go for a, an MNM first win? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I, I I think that tricked tricked are uh, tricked are. Difficult. Tricks, tricks are a really good side, and I really do like tricks because. Uh, but I might, I might have a bit of pad bias because I just know how good of a coach pad is, and pad has, pad has took a side. Like if I actually look at the players, for example, I actually don't think that the probably where they should be, in my opinion. But in terms of how they are coached and how the, the they are picked and the different personalities outside of the game, which is a major, major fa- uh, part. It's not just five mechanical players you've got our players which work together which play a very similar style and which are willing to play like uh, certain comps as well which is um all like the outside kind of part a lot of people just think oh good mechanical player it's going to work well but you've got to, there's loads of other aspects to that yeah. and i think that's where pad really excels is that he he knows the budget which he's got and he kind of gets a player uh, gets a team which can really work well with a specific way and uh, can work well in terms of the league which he's in which is why i think he's a really good coach yeah um I do like Eli Wood. I think Eli Wood, if I have to give Eminem some credit, when they brought Eli Wood in, I think he looked um, obviously better than Shadow, but Shadow wasn't really a top laner, but I just felt like uh, Eli Wood looked looked like a little bit of a better player in that Eminem squad. I do think they are looking better. Hmm. If this was the roster right from the start, um, they might have won a game prior. I genuinely probably believe that, but I think at this point, it's it's really difficult to vote for Eminem, like, because you don't really know what particularly you're going to get. Like, we can we can praise them for improving, but I think I said it, like, two weeks ago, like, prior that they're, they're going to make these changes just to just to kind of, like, make sure that they're perhaps ready for the Telling Masters relegation, essentially, mm-hmm. because they, the one thing they don't want is to be relegated. They took a risk, it didn't work, and now... If if they don't get relegated, then they just go again. That's fine. You know, they're absolutely fine. But if they get relegated, that's a big, big financial, you know, hit for them. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting to see how they can do that. But yeah, I think that I think that it is going to be tricked. But it is good to see at least Eminem be proactive. Yeah. But it's because of how important it is. 
-hmm. Yeah, and, and and to quickly insert there, like I I think that while while Trick definitely like with the bad and and overall the roster is is much better. I think the M and M's like if mm -hmm. they would win, I think uh, it would probably have to do something with uh you know both the Monk at the bot lane, but aesthetic especially. I think like in the paper was one of like the top three, top four junglers in the whole. And I'll see like, you know, in the beginning of the split based on previous accomplishments. Mm -hmm. So I think if, if he can find his kind of stride, that will be huge for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um and we've got um we've got Toba in the chat saying that him and Kova are coming for M and M spot in the NLC as well. So um yeah, we'll see if we'll see how that plans out. <laughs> <laughs> um all right then moving on, we've got um second to last game of next week, we've got Fnatic against Dusty. Um I don't think this is a going to be a surprise that I'll go for Fnatic on this one. You know, they've they still are unbeaten, and you imagine if there's a team that's going to take a win off them, Dusty hasn't looked like one of the the stronger out of the rest. So um, yeah, I don't think that's like a a huge surprise. But um, yeah, especially the fact that well, I don't know if it's going to help them or make it worse that the fact that Dusty did did kind of almost give Eminem a chance um, of actually getting the mm -hmm. first win. It could be a, a, a blow to their confidence, the fact that, that happened, or it could be the opposite. It could um, could be a wake up call as well, and and they may be you know well up for a game against Fnatic now. So um, you know I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised to see them put up a good fight, but um, I would be surprised to see them win to be honest. So yeah, I'm gonna go Fnatic on that one. Yeah, I I think that's uh, same for me. Uh, not really surprised there. Uh, and I, I believe, like, I'm, I'm not that high on Dusty uh, based on some uh, insider information so far. So, you know, uh, I, I would not uh, put Dusty high. I think there's uh, quite a big gap between Trick and Dusty, uh, like the kind of top three in the group mm -hmm. B and, and then mm -hmm. uh, below that. So, yeah. I'd really... Hmm. Um, I love I love a good, a good spicy prediction, but... <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's even too spicy for me. Like, I I don't know. Like maybe if it was like you know if it, if it was anybody else, even Eminem, I would probably I'd probably predict Eminem over Fnatic Rising just off, just because why not you know. But I can't I can't even do it with Dusty. No, it's gonna be Fnatic Rising. The for me the the best side in in the NLC in the regular season. Obviously, it can all change in playoffs because we don't know um, particularly how serious maybe XL are taking it if you if you go by what they're saying they're just testing things out but i i kind of i don't know whether that sometimes is an excuse or not like you can be testing things out but you can still test things out and win you know so it's not like it, it's not like one or the other um so but in the regular season i think Fnatic have looked the most consistent the strongest and um we we gave we gave bravado and pride i think a lot of stick in spring and, pro and i think rightfully so Considering they were replacing what was like either Targamas, Prosper, and then uh, they were replacing Shikari, so I think that you can you you can be fair, I think, with that. But I think really they've stepped up and they've they've really developed as a squad, and they they do look like a really good cohesive unit. Um, like I said, I don't I don't think they might not I don't think they'll lose the rest of this split. Uh, it may be in playoffs, obviously that will change, but I think I don't think regular season. It's going to change anymore. So I, I do think Fnatic. True. Um, okay. Cool. So then the last game we've got um, Munster against Barrage. I think it's quite a tricky one. We we kind of spoke about how Munster maybe haven't looked as good as we expect. 
Um, and you know, we get on quite well with a lot of the guys at Barrage. I don't know, my head or my heart. I think I'm going to go for I'm going for Monster <laughs> anyway. Like again, I'm I'm bottom of the predictions. I can't be doing upsets this week. I've got to make up some points. Um, but yeah, you know, Monster are you know a, a couple of games ahead in the table. They have looked a bit better than well, they they look a fair bit better than Barrage. I think Barrage have haven't looked too bad in some of their losses. They've obviously got a couple of wins as well. Um, but they should be really up for it. You know, the fact that. Oh, what is it? What does the standings look like? They're still two games ahead of Eminem, um, but obviously Eminem, mm-hmm. they are going to be, you know, fighting for their life. Really, they've Eminem have three games left. One of them against Barrage, so um, you know, th- this is one where Barrage, if they win this, they basically guarantee that 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 they're not in relegation. So it could be, you know, an, ad- an added incentive for them to really push on and and take what would be a bit of an upset, I think. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. I'm kind of expecting a good push from Barrage on it, but. I still think it's a game for uh, for Monster to win this one. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna say that uh, Monster as well. Uh, like I said, I think there's a big gap between like the top three teams in the group B and and the other three. Uh, um, so yeah, for for me, I think that uh, yeah, Monster shouldn't have any issues there. Uh, although I I you know hope that uh, Chad Run will have a great game. Uh, I think that. Other than that, like there's just too much firepower on the monster side, and you know, uh, Vice will will uh, you know scout uh, scout uh, whatever Barrage have uh, to a, to a, to an extent that they don't really, I, I don't re- really see them uh, you know taking that one. I think the one for them to look for is is the next week when they uh, go against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you reckon, Tom? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for Barrage. Why not? <laughs> Um, you know why? Simple. Uh, Demvoxny hasn't looked like the player which I think we'd seen him at Demise. Uh, and I feel that that has actually quite hurt Barrage, really. I feel like once, if we can get if we can get Demise Demvoxny, if we can get EJBY Brotherhood uh, Demvoxny and Vipers Demvoxny, then I think this side looks kind of a lot better. Because I think Nightmares has looked really, really good uh, for Barrage. And I do think that there is the reason why I'm talking about the bot lane is I think that that's how that's how um, Barrage could win is they beat they beat Monster in the bot lane. I don't think they beat him in the top lane. I don't think they beat him in the jungle. And I don't think that they beat him in mid. I think if there's going to be one one lane which is going to decide it, I think it's bot lane for me. Um, and I do I I think that Barrage are one of those sides where they can I think upset a side. And so while it, it depends how the heads of Munster are as well, because I look at it in that Barrage could play very, very well and still lose to Munster, because Munster could, I, I believe, could potentially beat anybody. Uh, but sometimes I feel like Munster just haven't been there, and this feels like one of those games where Munster might not be completely there, completely aware, and then just beat, and then Barrage just beat them. Um, and that's why I put Tricked above Munster because I think that Tricked are a lot more aware of kind of like everybody around them, and, and they kind of prepare, I think, a lot, a lot better. And that doesn't mean preparation in terms of like they don't scrim them, they practice them. But there's a difference between practice them and then kind of being like, right, we need to put a lot of effort into kind of these specific games. Um, you've also got to think that Munster, um, they're basically guaranteed playoffs at this point unless something horrifically goes wrong. So I wonder if there's kind of a lane and eye of let's try maybe some new things. Um, I can't see, especially in that group. I don't. I don't think it's 
the lowest they could get is fifth. And it would take a miracle run, I think, for, for Munster not to get into playoffs at this point anyway. So um, I'm going to go Barrage because I've I've tried to make a reason for why, and that is my reason why, which is their box <laughs> now. So. Yeah, fair enough. And to be fair, uh, Munster's other game being Fnatic this week, which one are they going to... Mm-hmm. Which one are they going to prep for more, Fnatic or Barrage? You'd think Fnatic. So, you know, they might they might not be ready. There might be something Barrage. Who knows, maybe one or two of their guys are, are trying something out in solo queue and, and Munster don't see it because they're not, yeah, they're not prepping for that game quite as much. And if they lose, you know, it could even depend on how the Fnatic game goes. If they beat Fnatic, they could yeah. be overconfident. If they lose to Fnatic, they could be, their confidence could be gone and they, and they may lose because of that. So, you know, it just depends how, um, how they react to that Fnatic game as well. So, We'll see. I don't think it would be like the biggest upset in the world. It wouldn't be the biggest upset that we've seen this split, I don't even think. Um, you know, if Godsent can beat Riddle, I think that was kind of a bigger one, I'd say. Then, mm. um, then yeah, it wouldn't be a, a huge shock, I don't think. Um, so yeah, that's it with the games, and that's um, pretty much it, I think, for this episode. One thing I'll ask you, ATL, before we do finish up, sometimes, you know, if we have coaches on, I'll ask them something, you know, that could relate to, uh, to some of my own solo queue experiences and maybe help myself out a bit. Um, being someone that's that's currently a performance coach and a bit more on the mental side, what do you reckon? You know, some people could do to help, just with the fact of you know getting tilted in solo queue. I've got a couple, well, I've got one friend in particular that um, you know he'll love that I'm mentioning him now. That um, he's a real tilter to the fact where like if we're all playing in a group, we've got to spend more effort just trying to make him shut up than we're actually focusing on our own game. So what what um. Yeah, what advice do you have for someone like that that, that does tilt quite easily? Uh, well, from th- it depends obviously what your goal is uh, when you do play in solo queue. I think, uh, you know, solo queue in a m- many ways like kind of induces tilt as an environment. It's, it's really difficult to deal with. And, you know, if I think in terms of like players who play in, in NLC or these type of leagues, like to them, it's not a competition. And, and that's often the difficulty that we want to do uh, with them is to avoid it, uh, avoid them treating it like a competition and treat it as a practice environment. Uh, and, and that's one factor uh, that if being able to do, you know, will help uh, with the tilting. The idea that, you know, if you focus on getting better, uh, um, then eventually uh, you'll climb as a result of that. But if you try to climb, like there's a hard limit on it, um, how how far you can go. So I think I think that's uh, probably the biggest factor. And and then relating to solo queue, maybe another bit of information is is that uh, one of the biggest things that I work with individuals, um, if I do something on the in-game side, uh, is is the idea of deliberate practice uh, that we try to main, make sure that when players are playing, I mean, even if you look at the players who scrim and play NLC and, and these kind of things, these guys are still averaging like something from 400 to 1000 games a season of solo queue. And if those, you know, 1000 games a season, for example, ends up being 80% autopilot, that's a huge lost potential to, to what they can, um, you know, practice. So, so the key there is, is just making sure that you have individual goals um, when you go to play solo queue, that what do you specifically focus on that game? And then when you look at that game, you don't look at the result or the LB, you know, lost or win, 
but you look at did you achieve those goals <laughs> so i think you know those kind of things uh, are the things generally that that you know can help with the tilt nice some good advice i'll pass it on um okay cool then i think we're um yeah we're good to uh, wrap up on this one then thanks for coming on atl you know good bit of insight on uh, on ents there and um you know glad to have you on yeah great to be here good stuff and um yeah so for anyone that's been watching i know we've got a few people uh, that have been watching live on twitch um if you're still in and around then uh, please feel free to follow on there otherwise if you're listening or watching back later on on youtube or on uh, spotify as well of course you can follow there as well um and lastly our twitter handles are all on the screen too so you know feel free to uh, drop us all a follow and that's it yeah thanks for watching